0: we are back baby we are back we are back you are looking live we get after it you know we jabber jaw we go tit for tat we have our little differences let's get fucking like a monkey and here we go Hello and welcome to the Moose and Runes podcast. This episode 159 of The Pod alongside Matt Rooney. I am Joe Musso and we have actual sporting news about actual sports on actual fields of play. Wild uh, stuff. What a time uh, to be Not alive. to say that we will not touch on the minutiae that has... Uh, really taken over the sporting world and the sporting landscape. Uh, there are some stories off the court, off the field, off the course uh, that are still dominating the news cycle. We will get to those as well. But uh, before we get into any of it, Matt, really, how are you today?
1: Uh, I'm doing good. My, I, I, I've, I've had some back problems this week. Uh, well, okay. you, when saw a chiropractor a little bit earlier week, had some pretty bad lower back pain. You told me about uh, that. But I'm dude. doing better now. That. Today, Today's pretty much, you know, it was it – was, it was quick it was gone it was gone after like two days i, I woke up you know just a real little pain but that's kind of just you know As sometimes you wake up you feel a little creaky feeling good now f- feeling feeling better just ha- happy i got that over with it was it was, it was tough it was a tough week for me joe but i persevered and here i am
0: coming through stronger uh, you know, on the other side this is a golf pod matt and i can't help but wonder if it is a result of a shoddy hip turn
1: you know i i, I did have a lesson on sunday and, you know, a lot of times when you get a lesson, you're trying some new things, doing, you know, you, you, the different muscles wow. are working in different ways. The engaging back's kind of turned different. Yeah, yeah engaging, exactly. you're engaging different muscles. That your, very glutes, well, your glutes have
0: never been so engaged. That, is, that, go, is that what that, this is? That's
1: not what I'm saying. That's that's you putting words in my mouth here. But you never know. That can contribute to things. I've had Word. golf-related back injury before. Uh, probably won't be the last time I have it. So, yeah, I, I would have to say that does consider... It has to be considered when thinking what might have happened. Also, just during this entire, the, the last couple of days, I'm wondering when can I get back out on the golf course. I was supposed to play yeah. yesterday. Kind of had to pull the plug on it. Wow, uh, but, WD. Uh, I, you know, we, I, I had nine scheduled at Flag Creek with, with uh, Gino, Johnny, and my brother Mike, but I, I decided it was probably best to hold off. Uh, probably could have went, and if it was today, I, I'd easily be able to be back out there. So we're good. We're comfortable. We're happy. He's just a man
0: who has the good of the game first. The yeah. good of the game always comes first mm-hmm. uh, for Matt Rooney. Well, I'm glad to hear you are feeling better, but uh, let's dive into these topics because I know you're a busy man today mm-hmm. uh, and, and we got you on a bit of a clock here, but uh, plenty to get to. And we're going to start in the obvious place. That's with Major League Baseball. Uh, finally, not agreeing to terms, but forcing terms. Um, that That's going to be kind of where I start this off. <laughs> yeah. So, Major League Baseball has agreed with the Players Association to a 60-game season to begin either July 23rd or 24th and run for about two months, two months and some change, uh, to get those 60 games in. But Matt, what strikes me here is that two days prior to the agreement of this deal, which was a sanction, an imposed season by Commissioner mm-hmm. Manfred, the players turned down the exact proposal just for the opportunity to file a grievance at the end of the season and, and try and recruit, recoup some of their losses. Now, whether or not they win that grievance is up in the air, and depending on who you ask, it really doesn't sound like they're going to win that grievance. No, so all they did was cost themselves a couple leverage points in what they were offered off the bat, which was shares of playoff revenue, some protections in contract negotiations, amongst other controls. So it's kind of a hard-headed resolution to a bone-headed situation. It made a ton of sense, like from from how little sense it made, it made a ton of sense how this thing Resolved. But Matt, your general level of excitement that we have baseball back. I know I said I wouldn't be excited uh, about a 16 game season. The second that that news came down, I was like, we got baseball. And, um, and, I'm all and the I way kind way of back. allowed myself to go there. I'm yeah. all the way
1: back. It was more of, I think, a lot of it was might have been for you partially but a lot of it for me throughout this I, I'm still bitter with how they negotiated things and I'm still kind of terrified for When it's 2021 when they have to you know negotiate a full CBA I'm, I'm almost certain we'll miss some end time of 2021, end 2021 going into 2022 I, I'm, I would bet we'll probably miss some time there and this is probably only going to lead to you know more um, trouble in free agency negotiations you know there, there's always the, the last couple of years the owners haven't wanted to, to pay up players have been getting the Free agent negotiations haven't been going well either. Um, that said, the second this this was signed, I was all the way back in because I love baseball, and I think a lot of the whole bitterness was me trying to protect myself a little bit of, you know, mm-hmm. just in case this didn't happen. Yeah, definitely, but now that it's back, now that it's happening, now that we have 60 games, uh, it, especially for us of White Sox baseball to look forward to, I could not be more excited. And in Chicago here, I mean, who knows what's going to happen in the near future. Um, but, I mean, the plan is when Phase 4 opens up in Chicago, they, they want to get, you know, 20% uh, capacity at Sox games. I'm not sure. I've, I've seen the same with Cubs games. I don't know for certain. But you know, the White Sox are going to try and get that 20% capacity. So even the, the chance of going to a White Sox game this summer, Joe, yeah, is on the table. Right? You will know, mask and all and socially distance still if, if you get the chance to get out there, that's Something more than I could have expected when this whole thing started. So all in all, while I'm bitter about how the negotiations went down, a little bit not, a little bit pessimistic about the future negotiations between the two sides, I couldn't be more excited that we do finally have baseball coming our way.
0: Well, you can guarantee that there are going to be some price gouging scenarios oh, yeah. uh, if we are looking at a 20% capacity. But we'll <laughs> be paying that, for a
1: uh, $15 hot dog and a $27
0: yeah. Coors Light. We will uh, climb that steep hill when we get there because we know owners are trying to recoup their losses. We've talked about it over the last few weeks here. That's what this all boils down to. We are only going to get a finite number of games. Here we are with 60 games, and it's going to look a little bit different, Matt. Um, sweeping changes to the rules, to uh, the health and safety protocols, obviously, more than 100 pages of health and safety protocols that these players are going to be asked to follow. Now, they're being asked to follow them, and they can be punished if they don't, but how uh, letter of the law we see this applied is one Mm -hmm. thing that we can't debate today. We'll have to wait on that, but uh, we do have to talk about some of the rule changes. Obviously, 60 games, 40 of those games coming against your division, so you get every team in your division 10 times, and then you're going to get 20 games of interleague play with your closest geographic interleague. But so you're going to get...
1: The Sox of the Cubs, the Cardinals. Correct. I, uh, I think the Brewers probably have to be in there. I saw the list. I'm kind of forgetting off the top of my head. Who
0: the was. schedule is not in stone yet, but that is the way that they are approaching building the schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest question lies in the extra inning rule, because in extra innings, a uh, a base runner is going to be placed on second base to start extra innings. Uh, this is to expedite the process. Eleventh 11th,
1: 11th inning, right? Starting the eleventh. I said I could be wrong. I thought it was in the I th- I
0: I normal, and then in the eleventh
1: inning is when they. Uh, okay, well let's
0: let's get this information correct here. MLB
1: um, extra innings rule, twenty twenty.
0: Keep talking. Talk to regardless of te- regardless of tenth or eleventh inning, uh, the rule is going to be applied where that pitcher or that run is not going to affect the pitchers earned run average but it will affect win loss -loss. they will be slapped with win loss which is tough Um, but this is an effort to expedite the process make sure we're not playing 15 inning games make sure that pitchers aren't make sure that bullpens aren't being emptied out with this pressure cooker of a season that we have but it's also keeping
1: players off the field I guess
0: that that too but go, go ahead didn't mean to cut you off there uh, give me that again. You just broke up a little bit.
1: It's also just keeping players off the field. It, it, you know, it's, it's less time for players. I feel like you said preventing those marathon games. And also, you were right. It is, it is starting in the 10th. I think yeah, it's, I got confused it's, starting,
0: it's starting in the 10th.
1: I got confused with the the rule that was proposed a year or two ago. I think what they might be doing in the minors might have something to do with the 11th. That's where I got confused.
0: It's neither here nor there. Well, you, Did not. That's, to cut you that's off. my point here. That's my point here is that this is a dress rehearsal for baseball to impose this rule Mm long-term, which I think will be harder. They kind of shoehorn this one in to see how it works. Um, But, with all the flack that baseball takes from a pace of play and a duration standpoint, Mm -hmm. this is a way to end the game and come to a resolution. Now, purists, I mean you could spin the dial on your radio, they're railing against this right now. Matt, how do you feel about this rule?
1: I don't love the rule long term. I don't mind it for now because I do think there are benefits to you know ending games quicker, spending less time on the field, all that kind of stuff, saving arms for a short run. Uh, I don't love it in the long term because I wouldn't say I'm I'm a baseball purist, I do think that there's – I know you're trying to cut short the game time, but if you're watching the 10th or 11th inning, it's likely because you want to watch baseball and you'll keep watching if it goes to the 14th or 15th. I don't think those are the problems with the – I don't think those are the types of games that cause the problem with pace of play. It's the four-and-a-half-hour, nine-inning games that are the real issue, and I don't think this does anything to prevent that. And I just I don't – it just – if you want to get on second base, get a hit. I don't love just where we're putting you on second base and making pitchers make pitches to end the game quicker. I think if the game goes to extra innings, that's part of the drama of baseball. That's part of the fun parts is seeing how long this thing can go and seeing who can, you know, string together a couple of hits instead of just kind of needing one base hit. I don't think the players are going to go for it either in the next CBA.
0: We'll I like see. it I agree with that fact that I don't think this is a permanence but I like it in the sense that nothing about this season is going to be traditional so if there's a time to do it it's right now. Oh yeah, like I said you guys are right aren't, now. Once once July 23rd comes around these guys are not going to have a day off. They're mm-hmm. it's going to be back-to-back-to-back-to-back games. You're going to be playing on travel days. There are going to be some double-headers in there as well. So it's going to be a difficult undertaking as is. You can't play an extra five ball games uh, of extra inning time throughout the season. Now, 40 innings of extra – or 45 Mm -hmm. innings of extra inning would be a lot of extra innings over a 60-game season. But you can't play another three or four games when you are really battling a – Uh, More of attrition isn't the right word, but it's a sprint that is going to test the endurance and depth of ball clubs. This is why teams like the Dodgers are so well-equipped to to win the championship this year, or the Yankees. Their depth in the bullpen, their depth within the lineup, their ability to move things around. I would argue even the White Sox are pretty well-equipped with the depth that they have. Young, youthful depth Mm -hmm. that can play nine innings, get up the next morning, and be ready to play another nine. Um, It is... Weird. It's different, but everything about this season is going to be such. I just have some questions. Now, I'm going to give you a scenario here. I might have answers. Um, Let's say uh, Michael Kopech takes a a, a perfect game into the ninth inning, gets his third out. It's a 0-0 ball game. Uh, He comes up and Skip runs him out there for the 10th inning. Uh, You put a runner on second, and that run comes in. He's given no earned runs. But he's given the loss. But can he still have a perfect game if that run comes in? Uh, can he still have a well, no so, hitter if that run comes in without a hit? Like there's oh, certain absolutely. things where there, there,
1: where, there, you, there, have been times when players have had no hitters in, in a loss because of you know walks or whatever. But I, I think the Yankees like lost to the White Sox three to or, you know one to nothing at one point like in the '80s or something in a they, they threw a no hitter yeah. and lost the game. Like that's possible. The perfect game. I mean, the only way that would happen is. Kopech would have to throw like two wild or I guess it might have to be two pass balls not wild pitches. Um, But even then, would those be errors? I don't really know. Um, I mean, I guess that's technically possible. The short answer is if Kopech was perfect through nine, and they were sending. They they had a tenth inning. There's no chance his pitch count would be any less than like one ten. And I think yeah. there's no chance Rick Retteri sends I, him out. I'm there.
0: just I'm just trying to I'm just I know what you mean. Throw it, it, wrenches at the plan here because it's this is part of the reason why I don't think it's going to be a long term solution because so much of what we do in baseball I think more than any other sport is that we remember the players by their statistics. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily individual moments, individual plays, or even championships. More than any other sport, you look at a guy's slash line for his career, you look at a guy's win-loss record and earned run average in his career, and that's how we define them. So if we start giving pitchers and closers and relief guys or whoever's gonna come in and take that loss or earn that loss with mm-hmm. a around second, you're affecting the way history remembers that individual.
1: Yeah. Um, I want to ask you what more looking at just kind of this season now, specifically, I think oh. we have two teams here that actually in this city that kind of set up well for this style of format. Are, are there, I, I know you mentioned the Dodgers, what types of teams do you think are, you know, jumping out as being the, the guys that are going to benefit from this 60 game format? Cause I think um, there are, I think we do have two teams here that are going to benefit from this.
0: I think geographically you have to look at it too, and from a travel standpoint that the teams in the central travel's gonna be at a minimal. Minimum. Mm-hmm. And if if something gets weird where you can't get on a plane, you can get on a bus, go old school, you know. I just think that Not sure the, the White
1: Sox have more than like a, a an hour long flight to take, which
0: is Yeah. Nice. The New York Yankees get to play their division. Each team, I mean, everyone gets to play the teams in their division mm-hmm. 10 times, but the Yankees get to play the Orioles 10 times. That's yep. nine wins. The or- the, they get to play the Boston Red Sox. That's eight wins. The Red Sox aren't Red going Sox to be good this year. That this was one of the things year. that we were talking about coming into the season. I mean, Tampa Bay like a sneaky team. But like the Tampa New York Bay's Yankees. Tampa is going to be good, but you don't know what you're
1: going to get out of Toronto either. They're kind of a team that people might say be kind of good with this, but they're also
0: I, I, still I'm young. sorry. I, I, the New I'm York Yankees I, I could Yankees legitimately go well. – 45 and 15 and it would not surprise no, me at all. it wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, um, I think that the Yanks set up really yeah. nicely. I think that on, on the inverse of that, or the other side of that, the teams in Florida are in a lot of trouble because we're looking at travel bans. Like they might not be able to play in Florida mm-hmm. because of how bad things are getting from a COVID standpoint in Florida. Not to say that the Marlins had a great chance of doing anything special, but Hey, We're not We're imagining. not playing on a level playing field right now um, yeah. I'm a little bit worried about the White Sox as well Just because of for that same reason that I think the Yankees are going to be so great The Sox, the, the lion's share of their season Is going to come against two of the best teams in baseball uh, Assumingly that the Cleveland Indians and the Minnesota Twins Are both going to See, be here's really tough I, outs every single day
1: Here's where I, where I kind of differ from that I do think the Twins are a very good baseball team I also think there's no chance they break a home run record and do what they did. I just, I don't think they're, I don't think Mitch Garver is going to hit 35 home runs again. I just don't. Um, I obviously can't in a 60 game stretch. That would be truly amazing. (laughs) Cleveland is not really the same Cleveland anymore. I mean, they shipped off Corey, Corey Kluber for nothing. I mean, Jason Kipnis wasn't the same, but he, I mean, he's no longer there. I know they, don't really want to hold on to Francisco Lindor. I don't think Cleveland, and while they're not a bad team by any means, they're not the same Cleveland Indians that were, you know, winning the AL Central by 20 games and threatening the World Series anymore. I get what you're saying. I think the Tigers and Royals are going to be abysmal. And I think the White Sox have the type of young talent that, you know, sometimes – would falter, you know, have these down stretches over 162 game season but I think they're the type of team that, you know, is made for this kind of 60 game stretch where they just kind of have to stay hot for a little while. I think they have a good mix of veteran leadership and they should they're going to have Michael Kopech back and there's a pretty decent chance Carlos Rodon could be back too. And if you you look at that I mean, Carlos Rodon probably doesn't fit in the rotation because you're easing him back from Tommy John he obviously got it much later than Kopech in the year but if you have that as your 7th, 8th inning, you know Andrew Miller type swingman. I don't love Carlos Rodon as a starter, but his stuff is absolutely filthy and him coming out of a bullpen in that role could be an absolute game changer and actually might set up his real career role uh, going forward. But I I think the Sox actually set up really, really well with their mix of talent, the teams they have to play and kind of the the new veteran leadership that they have now in Dallas Keuchel and Edwin Encarnacion, guys that have been there before. I I think think it's a really nice mix.
0: Our insider, Jim Bowden, uh, yesterday told me on air, he goes, I think the White Sox are one of the sleeper teams that we have to look at possibly uh, you know, making a run at this thing this year, that they're equipped, they're young, they're um, built to... You know, run this sprint, and, mm-hmm. and they have a lot of talent. And uh, you know, the the other thing that works against them, not to continue to piss in the punch bowl, no, here, is it. that with those new pieces and, and with the the youthful uh, exuberance of mm-hmm. this team. They have to come together much quicker. You know, they, they have to galvanize much quicker. They didn't have a traditional spring training. Yeah. They're not going to have a tra- traditional spring training over these next six days or seven days. Um, it's going to be a case study in who stayed ready so they didn't have to get ready. You know, oh, yeah, you're going to see because- that league wide because you're literally that's league-wide you're, mm-hmm. you're going to get eight days here where pitchers have to get into mid-season form get ready to face batters who who are also trying to get into mid-season form so we're really going to find out who was in the cage we're really going to find out who was throwing getting simulated innings in and who's coming flat-footed into this season
1: yeah i agree i also think i know i mentioned earlier that i think the cubs made out pretty well i'm not sure what the 60-game stretch does for them, but getting to use Kyle Schwarber in that DH role and adding that DH role to their lineup is going to be Huge, unbelievably beneficial because they, his
0: value they've, massively.
1: they've not just with him, but they've always kind of had too many bats, you know, and they've always been keeping a pretty decent bat out of the lineup because they had to have that pitch roll now that they had the yeah. DH. I think that's going to be a very, very dangerous offense. Not that it always hasn't been, but I think adding just one more tough out, I mean, that, that's always been a really, really deep lineup, and it just got a little bit deeper now that you're going to have uh, a Kyle Schwarber, a, a Jason Hayward, Ian Happ, Nico Horner, whoever you want at DH on a given
0: day. They're, they're going to have options. Yeah, um, I think that regardless, it is going to be um, exciting to have baseball back. And one conversation we were having in the newsroom the other day, uh, kind of outside the game and more from the consumer standpoint, Matt, um, do you think, now we've seen a couple different sports come back here without fans. UFC, uh, where it's felt very hollow, and, you know, it's been entertaining, but you've really been able to notice that there aren't fans there, Um, whereas pga 2 or golf you could tell me there were fans there yet last week and i really wouldn't it wouldn't register that Mm -hmm. there was not um where do you think baseball is going to fall on that gamut on which end do you think it's going to fall do you think we're going to be really jarred that there aren't fans there or do you think that the product is going to be enough to stand alone
1: i think at least speaking for me personally i'm so excited to get it back and I'm, i'm i'm not i don't want to say i'm used to sports with no fans right now but like this isn't going to be the first time I'm going to watch a game or an event without fans in it. I, that, yeah. I, I think I'm going to be kind of okay with it. Is it going to be weird at times? Yeah. Is it going to be weird when when a home team hits a walk-off home run and you're either hearing piped-in noise or no noise other than you know players going nuts? Sure. But I don't think that's going to take away the excitement of it for me. I, I just uh, it, It's going to be a little bit weird, but it's something that I think I'll get used to very quickly because I've kind of been... Accustomed to it already, with you like you said with with the UFC with boxing here and there. Obviously, golf. We said we haven't really noticed it, but there's there's no fans there too. You're not hearing the roar on 18 when Webb Simpson makes a putt, whatever. Um, I think I'm kind of used to it at this point, and it'll just make that much more of like a pleasant surprise when we finally do start getting fans back. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, let's go there next, Matt, because I think uh, we're gonna have plenty of time to talk about baseball throughout these next couple months, and hopefully, it is a you know entertaining and. I I the I don't know what the word I'm looking... I hope it is a just conclusion. I hope we're, we're going to get a... I hope we're going to crown a champion first things first because yeah. like we're seeing in the PGA Tour, you can have a great plan and it can be turned on your head in a moment's time. Uh-huh. Um, and with all the travel that's going to be done and with all the different scenarios from state to state where numbers are at, it's going to be politicized. Um, I hope that we can just enjoy nine innings of baseball in a vacuum yeah i'm with you uh let's talk a little pga tour matt because you mentioned the name webb simpson he is part of the group that will not be in action this weekend uh at in cromwell connecticut at tpc river highlands for the travelers championship Uh, webb is withdrawing alongside brooks kepka and graham mcdowell uh brooks kepka graham mcdowell withdrew because their caddies tested positive for COVID-19 said they were going to self-isolate too. They don't want to put anyone into danger Uh in case that they are asymptomatic um, or that the virus hasn't constituted yet. Uh, Webb Simpson, on the other hand, just WD out of a, uh, out of even more caution. His caddy doesn't have it. He doesn't have it. I think he just cashed a $1.3 million check and doesn't want to, Cost yeah, hey, I just won $1.3 three million. Someone there had it wiped. Exactly. So let's, let's, let's uh, off. Cameron Champ, meanwhile, uh, the Sacramento native tested positive, joining Nick Watney as the only two players to test positive. Cameron Champ withdrew as well. Uh, the commissioner, Jay Monahan, came out yesterday and said, you know, we're concerned. Obviously, we're having to amend certain things. We're asking that guys limit their interactions even further. But the show goes on on the PGA Tour. Matt, how confident are you that, you know, we can continue to do this? Go city to City put on a tournament and have Enough healthy players uh, where We haven't hit this threshold of infection Where we just can't do it anymore
1: I mean I'm pretty confident they can kind of keep Doing what they're doing I think this is what This is the third tournament back right this weekend yes, this is the tur- third. third tournament back, and we've we had our first four positive tests. So four positive tests in three tournaments, I think, is a, a pretty decent rate. Um, I, I I think J Monahan said, you know, positive tests are inevitable, and that's just true. Positive tests are inevitable; they're going to happen. But as long as you can keep testing these players, and keep these athletes, and keep the right guys, you know, away from it uh, when they need to be away for two weeks and self you know self quarantine and all that kind of stuff. I don't see why they can't keep going. I mean, this was the first big positive st- or you know, positive test, you know, spike if you want to call it that, with the four people. And you know, people are saying golf's in trouble, golf's in trouble, and they're they're still putting on a tournament. They still have a lot of big names. They still have a lot of people there. Um, I, I think they can keep doing what they're doing. And they just they've accepted that positive tests are going to happen, and they just kind of have to live with those when they come. And it's up to yeah. players to decide whether or not they want to risk keep you know whether they want to go that tournament and take a chance at making some money or they want to hold off and and, and not go. I mean it's
0: it's kind of up to the players to, you know, decide their own risk. And that's the point right there is that the PGA tour is in a unique situation here where all they have to do is present a they field host of the tournament. Yeah. That's all they have to do. These are independent contractors, these golfers. There isn't a players union. There isn't um, a negotiation to be had. If you wanna come and you wanna play golf and you want your chance at this purse come. We'll we'll try to ensure that you are as healthy as possible. We will make sure that the course is safe, that the people you're interacting with are safe. It's your job to make sure that you're safe outside of this course where there's been some reports that guys are getting real cavalier. Um, I even saw on social media yesterday. Uh, They're in Cromwell, Connecticut, not too far from New Haven, which is known as one of the pizza capitals of the world. Um, And a bunch of players were in New Haven trying out all the pizza spots. Like, okay, I get it. you got to live your life. But at the same time, I think you should be going golf course, to house-rented, golf course to house-rented, golf course to house-rented, which isn't infallible either. That's what Brooks Kapka was doing. Uh-huh. Uh, Brooks Koepka brought in a chef. He he was isolating in his home and just going to the golf course. His caddy, Ricky Elliott, did have to go to a uh, a funeral, awake uh, last week, as did Graham McDowell's caddy. So that's kind of where we're, they're sourcing this issue to is these two guys went to the same funeral, uh-huh. possibly where they contracted it. So I think that it's just got to be as, you know, as isolating as it is, not to overuse the word. You just got to be at the golf course and at home. Yeah, and, and that's,
1: that's I, I don't think that's asking too much kind of of these players. If you want to take that chance of, you know, playing the, you know, playing golf for four days and trying to win that money, it should come with the um, understanding that you are just you are you're responsible for everybody you come in contact with that you should just be going golf course and home and if you don't want to you know change your life that much you don't want to you know limit yourself that much you want to have the chance to go out and you know be as social as you can at this time then don't go to the tournament that week don't go to a tournament for two weeks if you want to have that healthy balance figure it out but like you said don't be playing thursday and going out thursday night you know to all these different restaurants like you said getting all the pizza joints and then going to the course friday morning interacting with a bunch of people that's just kind of irresponsible
0: um, let's talk about the tournament this weekend, Matt. Uh, it is underway in Connecticut. Phil. 6,800 6, yards at TPC River Highlands. I, I am not currently looking Phil's at the Phil's 5-under through 12 tied for the lead. Um, uh, from a philosophical, philosophical. From a philosophical standpoint, not, not philosophical, but thank you. Um, you what we're bet. seeing over the last three weeks is shorter golf courses, uh, uh, they can still – challenge the bomber, but it's bringing in a whole other group of players. That's why we had 35, 40 players within two shots of the lead Uh when they came out of the weather delay last weekend. That's why these moments are happening is because the shorter hitters can contend for four straight days too, not just, you know, Uh throw up a 67 here and then it's 71s the rest of the week. Like, guys are going low that can't hit the ball 350 yards, but the guys that can hit 350 yards are still being forced to make strategic decisions. They're being challenged and scoring right in that same area as well. Do you think we're on to something here where, where the PGA Tour, rather than stretching these courses out and building crazy auxiliary tee boxes, needs to compress things and look for different challenges out there?
1: I do, because I think it's we've kind of proven that like length isn't the ultimate. I don't think it's really the ultimate challenge anymore because of how far technology has come and because of how far a lot of these players can hit the ball. I do. I I don't think it's as big of a challenge as it was five years ago, and I think you saw a lot more fun decisions that had to be made this weekend and and, uh, at at Harbor Town. I always want to say Harbor Side. Harbor Side, yeah. It's right here at Harbor Town, Um, but and I, I know all of these players are really good at just about every facet of the game. But what I, I loved watching on Sunday was it really brought out you know the great iron players and the great short game players were the guys yeah. who were kind of making moves. Obviously, you, you were always going to have to putt in the PGA Tour to win. These great iron players, the guys that could kind of shape an iron any different way, had confidence, confidence that any shot and they could execute it. Um, that, for me, down the stretch was the fun part to watch. I didn't need to see the 340-yard drive to put yourself at an 8-iron like a lot more times. It's kind of fun for me to see a guy have to shape a 6 in a certain way or a 7 you know, to get around a certain tree. So, yeah, I'm all for, you know, the PG. Obviously, you're going to still have the courses that are going to set up really long and they're going to do that. But here and there, when you have a course that isn't playing as long, you don't want to play it as long. I like love the idea of setting up different challenges for players and making them be more strategic instead of just, you know, bombers.
0: Seed those greens in. I mean, what we saw last week at uh, Harbortown was the second smallest greens on tour uh-huh. uh, from a square footage standpoint only only larger than uh, Pebble Beach which you know if, if you really are like you said demanding second shots uh, regardless if it's from 80 yards or 180 yards if you're demanding a second shot these guys are all going to kind of level out and you're going to get really, really jam-packed leaderboards. And, uh, I think that PGA Tour needs to take notes, uh, with what we're seeing these first few weeks, not to say that, you know, you're going to shrink down a Tory Pines or you're going to mm-hmm. shrink down a, uh, um, whatever the fact may be, but it gives me a little bit more hope for, let's say the PGA championship this year at, uh, Harding at, Park, which we'll call at Harding Park, where I think they're only going to be able to stretch the thing out to maybe 7,000 yards. Mm-hmm. And at a major championship, that's like, that's real gas, short. pulled your pearls type stuff. Um, um, but if they're if they're challenging these players second shot in, then, you know, I think we're going to have a great competition. So I really like what I'm seeing on tour right now. Matt, uh, we did this last week. This is kind of when we've been recording these pods. You want to give oh, me yeah. a
1: pick for this week? Oh uh, Well, I can't take Phil because he's already five. We got to go non guys who haven't teed off
0: yet. Right. Like I said, I,
1: I haven't looked at the leaderboard. Uh, um, I don't know how the course plays. Okay. Um, so let's go. I'm gonna let's. I'm just gonna go consistent. I'm just take Justin Rose. He's always consistent. He always seems to be up there. And if he's playing, he's he's got, he's a pretty yeah. good bet. Um, so guys, off the top of my head,
0: that's who I'm going with. All right, guys, liked Rosie. Um, I got him in on a couple of my DFS lineups this week. Uh, I am going with a Justin too, but of the Thomas varietal, oh. it just feels like we're. He's been hanging there.
1: around up there. Most he's of, most been of the year. not hanging
0: around. He's been throwing darts. He's been struggling a little bit with the putter. And if that breaks through, he's gonna win by ten strokes. Like he's just. When he's out there, he's one of three guys, maybe, between him, Brooks, and... I don't know. Him and Brooks, really, that can blow a field away if everything is firing out. Maybe, okay, Rory. Him, Brooks, I mean, and technique. I, I mean,
1: you want to talk about the highest of highs. Jordan Spieth is capable of that, too. He just has the ultimate. Yeah, but, never really stays but, but from that. A, from a
0: pure skill yeah, standpoint, Brooks, Rory, Justin Thomas, I think, are the three most talented players in the world right now. Probably. And I think Justin, the last two weeks, has just had one missing piece here or there. I think he puts it together this week and wins.
1: Well, we should make some sort of, we should have a Justin, Justin bet slip. Can we do that? Yeah, is, there, is there a site that's taking live We're
0: sign Justin Timberlake poster. And
1: do we know no. Justin Timberlake? Do we have a? We
0: have uh, a no, but up? I think my sister has a couple signed posters. Right, so we'll just we'll get, get, we'll get one from her then. Yeah, yeah. She's got a couple to spare, uh, Matt. Uh, we got a hockey minute here. Uh, we a, do oddity of the Moose and Runes podcast, but uh, flowers need to be awarded. Why don't you take it away? Well, you you can chip in
1: on this one too because you're a Blackhawks fan for for as long as I can remember as well. Marion Marian the first ballot Hall of Famer, I think we had to uh, we had to bring that up yesterday. He was one of two. Him along with Jerome McGinley. Also, should say longtime Blackhawks defenseman Doug Wilson got in. He was mm-hmm. winning for twenty four years. He was a fourteen year career with the Blackhawks. Played two more with the Sharks, but that's that's neither here nor there. He was fantastic but Marion Hossa um, what can you say about him Joe he, he was he made some of the most he's the reason the Blackhawks had three he was the probably you took the words Hossa. out of my mouth what, he can, scored, what you can
0: say about Marion Hosa is he's the reason there are three banners hanging now you can't attribute it to any no. one player but there are certain players doesn't who doesn't pull them off that, that roster addition. it doesn't happen without him and Marion Hosa is one of one those of, guys
1: he's probably one of four players that if you take off that roster it doesn't happen but uh, that's time um He scored arguably the most – I don't want to say – Patrick Kane's, you know, 2010 is the most important goal. But, like, I'm not sure he gets a chance to score that without Hosa's against Nashville. So I guess maybe that one's even more important. But, I mean, Hosa – was the ultimate professional on the ice, ultimate t- teammate professional off the ice. Uh, he was a point per game player throughout his career, pretty much until the last couple when he was 37, 38. I think he finished with like 1,100 points in 1,300 games, uh, 30th in postseason points, 80th player when he hit the one thousand uh, point mark. Um, and just... I don't know, a freak of nature? Does that make sense? He was yeah. just something different like about your, watching Mary. It was just something different, like, in a good way. But he just, you could sense he wasn't one of us.
0: Like, he was just different and and Hossa. better than all of us. Marion Hosa was put on this earth to play hockey. He was. That's, the, like, that's, like, some guys, they look like they're awesome athletes. Some guys, they look like they're, you know, they're really doing what they're supposed to be doing. Marion Hosa had one reason to be a human being, and it was to play hockey, and it was to win championships, and I'm so glad that the latter of that list came with Chicago because we always yeah. talk about it how his career kind of matriculated. I always mix it up. Was it he lost with Pittsburgh and then he lost, lost with, with Pittsburgh?
1: So yeah, he got traded to Pittsburgh, lost yeah. with Pittsburgh,
0: signed in the free, signed his free agent with Detroit. The one year deal, lost, lost with Detroit. To Pittsburgh, with Detroit. Yeah. So it was on the wrong side of things back to back years, and I, there was a moment where I remember. You know, I knew who Marion Hosa was, but realizing Marion Hosa, when I saw Marion Hosa, it was a black – I forget what year – I forget what point in the season it was, but it was in that year before we won the cup. It was the 09 season. It was a Hawks game. I think Hawks, I remember this exact Hawks game. Detroit game that went to a shootout, yep. and we go back and forth in the shootout. Marion hosa has got a chance to ice it for Detroit, and he just pulls up at the top of the dots and rips a slap. The, the a half, it half clap. It was it awesome. Was It was like, it just completely silenced twenty thousand people. And it was like, you couldn't be mad. No, you had to respect what you had just saw. And I was like, Jesus Christ, that was... The most ballsy that way to end so the game right there, and, <laughs> and then
1: we got to see that a couple times. Luckily, we're we're on the we're the benefit of that, you know, that, that yeah. exact penalty shot, that breakaway move. But I remember that exact game because I was at that game. I think it was we would think it was just me and Mike, um, but I, that was the first. I, I like you. I I knew hockey. I knew Marion Hossa was a really good player. I'd watched him on TV before, but I don't remember like actually watching him in yeah. person. And I think that year was. Probably one of the heights of Hosa's superstar because he signed that one-year deal. He became one of the focal points of the NHL. You know, people realized how big of a deal he was at that point. So I kind of made it a point throughout that game, like when he was on the ice, I was watching him, and it was just—I still remember watching him that night. Man, this is the best hockey player in the NHL right now. He was—I him—he was unbelievable. Just watching him and only him, I was was—I
0: yeah. was stunned at how good he was and the things he was able to do. I put him on the short list of players that. You know, it's a privilege to watch all these guys do what they do, but when you see them in person, I put Marion Hossa on the short list of players that I've watched do what they do in person. When you see Kevin Durant on a basketball court, you know you're watching something special. When you watch LeBron James um, dictate the pace of a basketball game, you know you're seeing something special. When you see, as... as as much as it pains me to say, when you watch Aaron Rodgers conduct himself on a football field, you uh-huh. know you're watching something special. Marion Hosa was that on ice, and it was it was really a blast to watch him. And like you said, we're so lucky that that still
1: miss him. Management, still miss him.
0: that management was able to bring him to Chicago and him be that reason, him be that thing that person that put us over the hump that brought us these championships um 81 put it in the rafters put it in the hall he deserves everything coming his way
1: can't wait till that happens and that that's the game i'll make sure I'll, I'll be at that'll be a, a uh, match we jump into some
0: up. some buy or sell here i know yeah. you got you got accounts receivable accounts payable all that stuff you gotta get to yeah we, we gotta pay the bills um, stuff, sure. the podcast isn't off.
1: paying the bills yet people that's who want to sponsor us um i'm going we to sell ask you a uh tom brady is holding these, you know, the the player workouts, the player run workouts, obviously not team run, uh, in Florida against the best wishes of the NFLPA, I should say they're, they're not banning them, but they're, you know, they're they're not recommending them. They're saying you probably shouldn't be doing some. them. so buy or sell Tom Brady, or really any. I think Mitch was doing the same thing at some point. He's just not Tom Brady. Buy or sell the the players, quarterbacks holding these workouts, even though the the NFLPA is saying don't
0: do it. I buy it. I buy it. This is. I just had this argument about guys staying ready so they don't have to get Uh ready in baseball. Baseball is a little bit more of an individual. um, It's an individual conquest in the sense that you can get better alone in the cage. You can get better uh, just throwing with one other person in football you need the cohesion of an offense, especially on offense. Mm -hmm. Not to discredit defense and what you do on defense, but from an offensive standpoint, there is no way to get better if you are not practicing with your offensive unit. Yes, it is unfortunate that they're having to navigate this stuff. Uh, You saw an issue with the 49ers working out in Nashville, and one player gets sick. Luckily, everyone else tested negative, but it's just what has to be done. It's what has to be done Every offseason, if you want any chance of competing in the regular season, especially when you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and you're a team that's never really played together uh-huh. with your quarterback, with this new tight end wide receiver hybrid weirdo in Rob Gronkowski, we have to figure out how things work. We have to work on our timing, and there's no way to do that over a Zoom call. While I want these guys to be safe and I want them to stay healthy, I also respect the hell out of their commitment to their craft, and they have to comp- continue doing what they they're doing under the understanding that they are going to be healthy, that they are going to be safe. And that if something does happen that they don't neglect that fact and that they, you know, isolate and that they do what they have to do. But until that point, I think guys are safe saying, Hey, if I get sick, I'm probably going to be okay. And when I say probably, I mean, I'm 99.9% going to be okay a week and a half, two weeks from now. Now, I'm not making a political statement or a medical statement, but from what we've seen from super athletes when they get this, Kevin Durant, Ezekiel Elliott, Von Miller. I mean, Von Miller had the worst of it, and he's back. He's fine. He's good. Like, we're talking about the top thousandth of a percentile of human beings on this earth from a physique and physicality standpoint. Tom Brady's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans is going to be fine. Rob Gronkowski has put weird things in his body. He's going to be fine. God forbid something happens. Go out there and work on your timing.
1: I'm with you. I, 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 I kind of relate it to the PGA Tour and the, the, player, the decisions players have to make. there. like, I'm all for them holding these workouts and if you're living with, you know, a child that has like a use of as, um, you know, has asthma or has, you know, some the sort of things the like world that, then don't, Avery yeah, Bradley. then don't, his then, son which, has a respiratory issue, the right all
0: de- the respect in the he world. Makes,
1: he's making the right decision. And if you know, like, if you know your family situation, know you're putting someone else at risk, don't go. If you're not seeing your parents, if your parents, you know, if you're, if your grandparents, grandparents, whoever don't live with you, you don't see them often. You're definitely not seeing them now. Your kids aren't, you know, in, you know, um, uh, i cannot compromise uh whatever the term i'm thinking of you get you don't think but if they're if they're all healthy and but all they're not at risk yeah they're not they're not at risk then yes I, i'm all for it because there's ways to go about this hey receivers wear gloves tom brady's wearing a football why not where he's holding the football he's, he's wearing his one. football he, he might wear a football at some point but um <laughs> there's ways to go about it ways to be safe and I, i'm all for that And like you said if on the off chance that one of these guys were to contract it if they're doing these things, they should just be going kind of from home to work out anyways, go home, be safe, stay home for two weeks. They're probably going to be fine. It's as long as you're not putting other people at risk that might be, you know, not fine. As long as you're not, you know, going out to a bunch of restaurants, clubs, all the, I don't know if clubs are open at this point, but you know what I mean? If you're not putting other people at risk, if it's just kind of workouts and then going back home and, you know, being with yourself, then yeah, like you said, And football, more than any other sport, is about getting on the same page, being on the same, you know having the having that timing, and yeah. this is like you said, a brand new team. It's it's not a team like the Saints that's been together for ten years. It's a team that has to figure each other out. So I,
0: I'm all it's, for it, provided that they really you know, being. It's a really hard time. It. It's a really hard time to do everything right. You're yeah. someone's going to be able to poke a hole in anything that you do. I think that what Tom Brady and his teammates and the rest, like you said, the rest of the NFL is doing right now. If they can do it healthily, we're we're in no position to poke holes. They got to do what they got to do. Agreed. Uh, Matt, I got a couple for you here. Buy or sell. Um, Now, we're going to kind of stay on this same... page here, and I don't want to be insensitive in it, but we are seeing a number of NBA players contract the coronavirus. Uh, four Sacramento Kings yesterday were announced uh, to have the coronavirus. Uh, a number of other players across the league, uh, Malcolm Brogdon yesterday came out and said he has it. Not that there is a time to get the coronavirus, but buy or sell these guys getting the coronavirus now. Is the time to get it in the sense that it will give them peace of mind when they get to orlando and they have antibodies
1: um I, I, like i like obviously we have to preface this again that it, there's never a good time to get it but i i would buy that because i think it would give you peace of mind especially if you're you know obviously if you're living with a you know elder or someone who is you know not in the best health and you don't ever want to get it not that you ever want to get it but This is the time, that, like you said, to kind of give yourself that peace of mind. It it gives you that, um, I'm trying to phrase this so sensitively, but yes, I think for the the super athlete, the guys that are going to be fine, you kind of want, I don't want to say get it out of the way because there are people who have not been able to get it out of the way, but this is the time that I think you want to get it just if you're one of those guys, because it does give you that peace of mind. It, It doesn't let you. I don't know what I'm, where I'm getting at here, but I, I, I do buy that. I'm trying to be so I, sensitive. I, I know exactly what you're this. getting at.
0: I know you're getting exactly what you're getting at. You're trying to say that if you have a team full of players who has you want gone to get through it before you're through this in a very mild sense and that it hasn't hindered them from a physical standpoint and that they're safe now and they're healthy and that they all have antibodies and that they're at zero risk of getting it again, then yes. Now, are we going to go and give all of their players on the team intentionally give guys coronavirus no but essentially that's what a vaccination is it's a small incubation of the virus Mm -hmm. so in a way if your team is inadvertently vaccinated you have a bit of an upper hand when you go to orlando from a mental standpoint that hey we know that if we get to the championship our guys are going to be there um, it's it, these are, like we said these are these are very sensitive topics and uh, no we don't wish coronavirus upon anyone but if the Sacramento Kings find their way into the playoffs and 10 of the guys on the team have had it and they're gonna go against a team where no one's had it that team still has to worry about getting it uh, the night between games one and game two thank you and for uh, for
1: eloquently putting that yeah that was, it, it
0: wasn't eloquent but like there's and I get what you're saying here. you to,
1: literally said exactly what I wanted to say I just couldn't get that.
0: Well, it's hard to say these things because you're you could be in a moment accused of being insensitive, and Mm -hmm. we're not being insensitive. We are simply presenting. What the situation is And what it could be When you get to Orlando And you're gonna have issues Like the PGA Tour said It is inevitable That you are going to have cases And the more guys That go to Orlando Not at risk The better
1: Yeah and that's why When like You're seeing the, Across the NHL too You're seeing I think Tampa had to Close their facilities For a couple of days Because five people tested Austin Matthews In, in Toronto Tested positive For it Like These positive tests don't mean like, oh man, we're not gonna have we're not gonna have a season. We're not gonna. I I think getting them, having these tests happen now was always going to happen. I think if you ask like, like, if you ask Austin Matthews right now, like, hey, you're fine. Like, you you have coronavirus, you're feeling fine. Are are you kind of glad you got it now, so you're gonna be done with it and over with it? You probably say yeah. I think a lot of those people probably would be like, now that they you know once they go you know once they have it once they know they're kind of fine. I think they'd be like, all right, cool, like, yeah, yeah, it's let's a- let's get it over with, let's get it done, let's get back. The only, the only, I guess, issue with me is when they get to this, these bubbles, these hub cities. If you've already had it, maybe you get a little bit less, a little bit more cavalier about. Oh, you know, I already got it, yeah, so I can go, true. you know, I can go to a restaurant, I can go do this, I can go do that. It's when you like know, you, it's. I don't know if you. I, I would imagine you can still transfer it if it's if it's you know on a surface. Your hand touches that surface, you touch somebody. I I would imagine you're still able to transfer it even though you can't you're not carrying the virus, you could physically carry the virus, if that makes sense.
0: It is a difficult situation because of the perception of this virus and the the fatality rate, which with it's affecting the elderly. And Mm -hmm. yes, you can't be selfish and just like you said, be cavalier and running around and thinking that you're fine. But super athletes present a different proposition when you're trying to get them on the field of play. I think if you ask any
1: one of them, any one of the ones that have tested positive now, like the, the NHL and NBA that They've gone through it, they'd probably say not with the season coming up, they're at least happy it's over with. Yeah. That they, they yeah. went through it, that they that they got it and it's done. Uh I got uh, a, I got probably a more important question for you. I I, I tell you, yeah. we can go I got I got like three more minutes. We can go get on. We got, we got hard outs. We got hard outs. We got an important one here, Joe. You're,
0: you're Your question guy. is more important than
1: mine, fine. That's it is, of course. It has to do with Jay Cutler. Where Jay Cutler. Oh, of um you, no know, you have to have been following Jay Cutler's Instagram, right? course if jay had an instagram Instagram, which he does thankfully um i gotta ask you buy or sell he solves the the chicken murderer
0: mystery case Oh, I completely buy it. He's got he's all the tools at his disposal. He's going to have the cameras out there. He's going to see what's going on. If you guys are unaware, go to Jay Cutler's Instagram right now. Uh, he's got chickens on his property, and someone's been killing the chickens. Something's been killing the chickens. Could be a coyote. Could Is be a He does not know. Bob bobcat, could, could be a bobcat be wild. That'd be awesome. He doesn't know. So not Jay's awesome. trying to get to the bottom of this right now. He was blaming one of the the cats that run around on his property, just like a regular, normal. Not a house cat, because it doesn't go to the house, but he has cats outside, yeah. too. Um, and he, apologized. Cat. he apologized. He apologized. Apologized to the cat this morning. Um, the cat was cleared of all charges, um, so they're still trying to get to the bottom of this thing. But it is a one social media material from a man we love, in Jay Cutler. And you know this is a turning point because obviously we wish the best for both him and his ex-wife, Kristen Cavallari, as they kind of move apart their lives here. But my girlfriend Shelby she's becoming she's becoming Team Jay a little bit after Gotta she sees things like this. She's J. she's leaning. She loves Kristen, and she's leaning a little bit towards Team Jay because Jay is just who he is and it's hard not to love the guy um but great content there, jay, jay guy, this morning
1: my, my I, I watched the one from this morning and the first thing he said was i had blake my chicken guy come by this morning
0: blake the chicken guy he got chicken by, guy so... just
1: blake the chicken guy I, that's like that's my life i want a chicken guy
0: only jay cutler <laughs> hey, would have a chicken guy i'll be your chicken guy man thank you i appreciate I'll be your that guy. well we gotta get you better. out of here here we gotta get you out of here so um always a blast matt uh, that's gonna do it for episode 159 of the pod sorry we uh we, we had a heart out here for it's you okay. folks but we'll be bringing Mail you not too distant future mailbags. mailbags mailbags i think we'll just leave it at that note hey mailbags may god give you for every storm a rainbow for every tear a smile for every care a promise and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. <laughs> Chicken over steak that was phenomenal. <laughs>